Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am Scott. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together we make up Heading Back to the Window. Never more important than this time of year. That's exactly what you want to be doing, Heading Back to the Window to cash those winning tickets. Speaking of cashing those winning tickets, good to have all those uh, winners that are going to be joining us here. J.C. Stone said, shout out to Scott R. for throwing out a bone on the Titans team under. Uh, a little bit of a pucker. Keeps the blood flowing all the right places. There you go. R. Rivera, two day in a row, capper of the day, checking in. What's up, brother? Scott, a uh, little uh, no sweat victory on that Titans team total? I don't know about no sweat. It was a nice goal line stand there. I believe it was early fourth, fourth quarter, but we're going to talk about one of the Titans scoring plays in a little while. So the fact that it was close could have also have been a little bit, let's just say, unfortunate for us to end the first half. Oof. Uh, Nathan Cerna is here, and he said, I did great Saturday, cashed out 5.75 units when the Texans hit me with the uh, – uh, the old banana in the tailpipe and uh, managed to lose five units up until the day. Oh, dude. I got to tell you, the uh, the uh, the Texans got me yesterday as well. T-Train taking a break. He's messing with uh, house stuff this week, and that's never fun. Uh, property stuff is, is how he put it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's even less fun. So you know what? Let's... Uh, let's get it rolling, Scott. We got a lot to get to today, a lot to talk about, um, of course over the weekend action. And of course, today, you have to like and subscribe or Bob Stoops, Scott's going to show up at your house and demand to coach your kids' peewee football game because apparently he's got that kind of time on his hands. Something, something like that. Definitely a very interesting day or two in the college football coaching mill. It is. You have, you have any thoughts briefly? You want to save that for a little... Um, I just, you, you kind of think it's Bob Stoops maybe getting his, uh, his nose underneath the tent there that he's, he wants to come back and be the Oklahoma coach. I think it could be. I mean, we remember when we were looking at betting odds for USC a couple of, I think it was a month ago or mm -hmm. so Bob Stoops, his name was there. And we know that he has been with the Fox group there. So he of course could be available to maybe fill in for a bowl game for Oklahoma. So I am curious what direction Oklahoma is going to go for their next coach. Lincoln Riley leaving for USC, I think, is a good move on his part. Yeah. But I do think that at the end of the day, you're looking at a situation where Oklahoma is such a big program. They're heading to the SEC and all. But who's available that you think is up to Oklahoma standards? Well, you know, you always get the uh, Luke Fickle uh, rumors that start. So... You know, it's uh, he's he's shown a disdain for other jobs. Will the Oklahoma job make a difference? I don't know. I don't know. But, but you're looking at some of the other things that are mentioned. Do I think like Elaine Kiffin would fit there? No. Do I think that uh, you just think of all the people that are potentially available? I don't really know who's. Where's Stoops? Where's Stoops' brother right now? Where's the de the defensive guy? Where's he at? Mark Stoops. They did they did bury uh, Louisville over the weekend, so maybe he got his team back on track there with Kentucky. But I am curious. If Oklahoma does maybe reach out to Stoops and say, you want to come back, you know, for a year or two and we'll give you $45 million. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Stoops is so loyal to the program, which is why he's filling in in the first place. Yeah. I am curious if you think 
he's only doing it to be nice or if he's also potentially trying to see how much coaching fire he has left? I just don't know. That's a, that's a great question. Um, we'll certainly talk about that as the odds come out when we'll, uh, hit that in the future, but you know what? Let's talk, let's talk about Scott. Cause we got the, we got the bonus sized, uh, today. Let's find out. Oh God, there was nine one one calls all over the place this weekend. It was tough to narrow it down, but we've done it. Let's find out uh, as we check in on the Monday edition of Call the Cops. Nope, that's not right. How about this? Ah, perfect. We will fix that in post. Don't you worry, Scott. Uh, <laughs> starting off, and here's one of the rare Call the Cops, Scott, that I was actually on the right side of. We had this as a premium play, and I thought my... Uh, Thought my Friday was going to start off poorly as this was an early game out on the West Coast. And if you had Boise State, San Diego State over 44 and a half, you were pretty much in good shape from the beginning of that game right up until the middle of the third quarter. The third quarter, Scott, it went to 27-16 in favor of San Diego State as they mounted a furious comeback there. That was 7:36 left in the third quarter. And all you needed was uh, anything, really, any sort of score, and you're screwed. So Even a safety. Even a safety, and you're screwed. So we proceeded to see punt, 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 turnover on downs, missed field goal, interception. That's your ball game. If you had over 44 and a half, eesh. Sorry, guys. Call the cops. Yeah, zero points in the final 22 and a half minutes. Not exactly a good situation for overbetters there. But on Saturday, if you had Tennessee first half, minus 18 and a half against Vanderbilt, you were leading by 24 points with five seconds left at the half. And, uh, yeah, Vanderbilt had the ball at around midfield. And, you know, they're going to chuck one up to the end zone because why not? It's Vanderbilt. And they completed a 56-yard Hail Mary for a touchdown at the buzzer. Tennessee led by 17 points at half. Oh, man. <laughs> Vanderbilt hitting the Hail Mary. There had to... Did you get a drive prop on that one, Scott? I did not. Did you get a touchdown on that drive at, at plus sixteen hundred or something? Uh no, they usually don't give out drive props in the last like minute and change it, of a half because of the end of half scenario. But I had a really bad call the cops beat that I could share with that. I'll do that after. All right, fair enough. Uh because I you know I always roast you when you when you share when you share your drive prop bad beats, but it, it is a it is a good one, so I'll allow it. Uh if you had Saturday, Western Kentucky Marshall under 73 and a half. First of all, congratulations on having gigantic fucking balls because if you're playing an under with Western Kentucky, God bless you. Uh, they only put up 20 points in the first half. You're like, holy shit, I am a fucking genius right here. However, uh, they put up 23 points in the third quarter, and now it's starting to pucker a little bit, Scott. You still, you're okay, but three touchdowns beat you. Uh, they put up 31 points in the no, fourth no, no, quarter. No, it's not three touchdowns. It's four touchdowns and a field goal beats you. What's that? No, you're, you're at 53. No, you're at oh, 43. What? Or 43. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. I did, I did it wrong. I did, I did it at 53. Sorry. You have 30 points yeah. to, to work with in the final 15 Yes, minutes. correct. You have 30 points to play with, not 23. Absolutely correct. Uh, 31 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, pick six, 53 seconds left. That game landed 74. Jesus Christ. Bailey Zappi did his thing. What did they put up? 50? 40, 45 in the second half? Uh, Western Kentucky put up 47 points. 47 in the second, in the second. Just brutal. The kid, he's a monster, dude. He is an absolute monster. Bailey Zappi, uh, arguably the best college quarterback in the nation. Not going to be appreciated that way, but he's got my vote. 
Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing him play against uh, UTSA over the weekend. But we'll talk about that game later on in the week. We will. Moving on to Sunday, if you had the Patriots first half, minus four and a half against the Titans, you led by 10 points with less than 40 seconds left in the first half. Even a field goal, you're good. Just no touchdown. Tennessee decides to try to run out the clock. They run a draw with the third string running back, who's now the starting running back because of a couple of injuries. And the third string running back originally breaks it 75 yards for a touchdown. Patriots led by three at the half instead of 10. Brutal. Just ridiculously brutal. And of course, what would it be, Scott, on a bad beat Monday without the Citadel fucking us? It's, if you had South Carolina State plus 10 and a half against the Citadel, uh, they went to overtime. So you're a genius. You had 10 and a half points and it was zero. That's you're, you're, you beat the number by 10 and a half points. Congratulations. Oh, no. We're going to overtime. Surely 10 and a half would be enough, right? Uh, no. Uh, the Bulldogs finally woke up and they put uh, a 14 to 2 little spurt on South Carolina State. In overtime, they lose by 12. If you had South Carolina State plus 10 and a half, you're a good handicapper. But you're a loser right there because you had to call the cops. It's kind of weird because usually we talk about the totals with over-unders in overtime. Mm -hmm. The game actually already went over in regulation. The bad beat was solely on the side. Yep, absolutely correct. All right, well, sir, there was uh, there was some good news out there. Maybe you were, weren't on the right side of a call the cops like I was. Maybe you were on the right side of these all the way through. Nice, relaxing weekend. You had your trip to fan cruising through your system. You just sat back in the rocking chair. So the first one was Michigan plus seven and a half against the Ohio State University. Michigan led for the final 33 minutes of the game and they won outright by 15 points. Seemed like the Ohio State was trailing basically the entire game because they were and Michigan's offensive line took it to Ohio State's defensive line. Yeah, this is, if you listen to our show, we predicted this would be a rocking chair game. So congratulations to, oh, I'm sorry. It says here we had the wrong side. Oh, <laughs> uh, we might have. Um, I know we liked the over though. So it was, it was half and half. You know, I talked about, I talked on my show on my video, Scott, about how I, I said Ohio State was really never in this game. And then I go back and I'm looking at them like, yeah, they were, they were down one at halftime, but it just didn't, it never seemed that way. It just seemed like they were never in the game. Like they were never a threat. And there was certainly never a threat to cover, you know? If you want to hear something crazy, by the way, about Ohio State's defense in the second half, do you know how many third downs Michigan's Michigan's offense well, faced in the second half? I cheated only because I saw your tweet. They had none. Zero. Michigan had first down or second down on every single play of the second half. That's how many yards they gained per play. In the second half. That's absolutely brutal. That's almost impossible. That's, yeah, just, that's ridiculously good right there. All right, and uh, another Charlotte, another Saturday game. If you had Charlotte Old Dominion over 55 and a half, uh, 42 points in the first half. This time there were no miracles. They put 48 up in the second half. That game landed 90. Congratulations, uh, ODU and Charlotte betters, because you were sitting in the rocket chair. And looking at the NFL on Sunday, if you had the Sunday night football game between the Browns and Ravens under oh, we did. 47. Thank you. First of all, I hope you didn't watch the game. No. But if you chose to or if you didn't, you only had nine points at the half. You had about six turnovers in the span of about, I don't know, 25 seconds uh, to end that first half. But the game landed 26. 
hideous game of football, never close. Game went well under. Yep, yep. And if you were fading one of our favorite fadable teams, you had the Bengals minus three and a half over the Steelers. Uh, Bengals, they can't do nothing but beat the Steelers team all of a sudden, Scott, and beat them by a lot. They led by 28 points at halftime. They end up winning by... 31. Congratulations, Bengals backers. Uh, you are sitting in the rocking chair. I believe the Steelers are looking like the team that we thought they would be before the season started. You wavered a little bit. I was still holding strong, and it seems like Pittsburgh is starting to fully embrace the collapse. Yep. Uh, AJS says, uh, SMU boned me. They uh, that was a, there was a couple of teams that just no show that just kind of uh, freaked me out there. I well, to, I actually liked Tulsa in that game going in. I actually live bet Tulsa in that one because SMU, of course, we know their coach Sonny Dykes ditched the program to go to TCU. I'm not a big fan of backing teams when their head coach abandons all the players midway through the season. It mm-hmm. seemed like a good letdown spot for SMU and Tulsa. It was close at the end. Tulsa kind of controlled the game throughout. Yeah, yeah, they did. I, I kept I kept an eye on that one, and uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, who else got uh, Green Bay team total? Handicappers were over the legal limit. Yeah, no shit there. Uh, Jones in the house. What Jones say? Uh, last week is the first time I spent three hours with two guys, and they didn't hit on me. Uh, but I lost my lunch money over the weekend. That's right. We may not hit on you, but we'll make sure that you go home with no money. Hopefully, Joan, you got that uh, you got that twenty t- tucked away in your in your wallet like uh, like some women do for emergency cab or now I guess it's an emergency Uber ride. So you can't pay cash for an Uber. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, Ohio State really that that was one of the biggest uh, no shows of the weekend for me. I, I don't know if it was a matter of a no show or I saw the weather and once I saw the snow, I actually thought Michigan had a shot. I feel like the the elements played a factor. In what way? I just feel like Ohio State's passing game wasn't as dialed in as it usually is. I know that the numbers were good in the end. Of course, Michigan still would have run the ball down their throat. So I do think from a physicality standpoint, Michigan was in a great spot to win the game no matter what. But you can tell Ohio State's offense when it came to playing uh, catch-up really struggled during the early portions of the game. Yeah, they, they absolutely did. And Brown's backers talking about, uh, and Cerna talking about, Michigan's going to kill Iowa. You and I talked about that before the show, Scott. That there's you said there's money's coming in on Iowa. That's what I'm saying. I don't, there's, I don't know why. there's Iowa money coming in. Um, you know, I guess it's because because Petrus is coming back, but I'm not sure that's a good thing. I bet on the Special Olympics, the Jets and the Texans. How about that, by the way? I got I just, I got just, I got just what I deserved for fucking betting on that game. I'll tell you I that. I called much. the Jets money line on the air. How about that one? Uh, you're, you're a genius. You're a I understand my team. You're a goddamn genius. Uh, once I, once I, once I saw the show, I knew I was fucked. <laughs> and once you saw the snow. Oh, the snow. Sorry. That's what I was saying. You could tell the bad weather was going to help Michigan more than it was going to help. There's Ohio. literally a spot on my screen right where the end is on that. So, apologies. Usually, just I can't, I just can't read. Uh, Bengals is the only one I got right. Uh, I had a weird day yesterday, Scott. I had I had both of my free plays on the on my my two uh, dropping a deuce, if you will. Um, I hit both of those. I had a double digit lead. I had, I had three games on the on the premium side. They were all three point spreads. We were getting three in two of them, and we were throwing it in the other one. Had double digit leads in all three. Won none of them. Just a fucking brutal day. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. Just, just ridiculous. I lost a couple of props in a bad beat fashion. I think I was a couple yards short on Elijah Moore, but the rest of it was okay. 
I ended up live betting the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, which helped me out. So it was an okay day overall. Well, and see, when I was doing it, Elijah Moore was doubtful. I didn't think I didn't think I didn't think he was going to play. So that factored into my cap on that game. But the, the Vikings, that was one of the ones we had. Vikings still had a double-digit lead. Uh, Elijah Moore plays for the Jets. Oh, no, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about the uh, uh, the back for the, the, the Niners, sorry. Um, yeah, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, sorry. He, was gonna play. he had like 130-something yards. Yeah. He was, he was great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, he was great. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Sorry, Elijah Moore. That was off my radar, buddy. Sorry. All good. But all right. either way, NFL has been interesting all year long. Uh, the Ravens helped me out because I did not trust Baker Mayfield. And why would you trust Baker Mayfield? Eh, you know, he is who he is, Scott. Yep. Um, Nathan had Texans and Niners for three units. Yep, that was two by three premiums right there. And we thought we were good. Thought we were good. Uh, or he had the Niners, the other side of it. So, I, yeah, I had the Vikings there. Uh, Niners, horrible, horrible home cover team. Just absolutely dreadful under Shanahan. Like 5-23, and 23, just ridiculously bad. Minnesota finds ways to blow games. You know, they're very creative at that. Yes, I, they are. They're the they're the king of the one score games. Well, Dalvin Cook getting injured all didn't help your cause. No, no, it it certainly didn't. That was uh, that was kind of brutal there. Uh, good call for the under and the Titans and Jags. Yep, you had the Titans. I had the Jags team total yep. under there. We could have played any kind of under there. So let's talk about uh, a little bit. We haven't we haven't done one of these uh, in a while, and I. I I had, pre- I had premature uh, donkey noises there, Scott, but let's get to it. Let's find out, because there was a big-time donkey of the day. So, this is uh, one of the more interesting games of the weekend, and this is the Auburn-Alabama game, the Iron Bowl. And, Scott, I think you'd probably agree with me that if you're going to play Alabama, if you're Auburn, if you're 6-5 and five playing Alabama— one thing you can't do, you can't make any mistakes, right? Or you can't make many. You just, you got to play a damn near flawless game because you probably don't have the skill and the talent that Alabama has. And they did the exact opposite late in the game. Scott, what happened? So I'm thankful for this because as soon as this happened, I live bet Alabama. So uh, I personally really enjoyed this blunder. But you're looking at Auburn running back, Tank Bigsby. And the situation is uh, Auburn is up seven. Less than two minutes to go, and Alabama has enough timeout to get the ball back with around 40 seconds left, give or take. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hopes of them winning are very slim. What's the one thing you can do if you're on offense and you are running the ball? Can't stop the clock. You can't run out of bounds, man. You got to get down. You can't go out of bounds. And what did the Auburn running back do? He went out of bounds. Ridiculous. And he gave Alabama an extra 40 seconds on offense. Next thing you know, a 98-yard drive, potential Heisman moment there for Bryce Young. Alabama ties the game. They go to overtime. Auburn also didn't go for two in the first overtime, which annoyed me. Yeah, they should have. I agree. But anyway, of course, Saban Alabama didn't. Won. Saban didn't either in the second. So yeah, well, if you're Saban, you don't need to because you know your team's better than Auburn. <laughs> you're the favorite, so you're not really supposed to go for it in that, that situation. Auburn should because they're playing with house money. But either way, point is. Auburn's running back went out of bounds for no reason, essentially blew the game for his team, and Alabama won in quadruple overtime. Brutal. Just brutal. Uh, Jones says when the Eagles can't beat the Giants and the Jets win, it's the, the game is fixed. 
<laughs> You're going to have to find that out, though, because the Eagles play the Jets next week. Oh, God. Uh, I couldn't win at halftime. I should have quit then, but I couldn't, so I got burned. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Nothing worse than chasing, man. Uh, except when, except Don't when you, go it, out of bounds, man. You have one job. One, literally, you have one job. That's it. Don't Well, two. Don't fumble. Don't go out of bounds. That's it. Alabama gave up eight yards on the carry, and I didn't even care. He went out of bounds. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Just just ridiculous. All right. Well, you know what? Um, that's pretty big. That's that's pretty donk. We talked about this game earlier, and uh, let's find out. Um, you know, Scott, I wouldn't call ourselves. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call us mad. More. More just. Uh, more just disappointed. All right, bud. Um, I'll let you take this one. This is a team that's been pretty good to us. We didn't ride him this week. In fact, I was on the I was on the right side of this, but uh, yeah, I think you were too, right? I was on the college show. I said one underdog that I liked to win outright was North Texas. I thought they would win the game against UTSA, and they did. Now, of course, UTSA is a team that we've liked all year long. They still have a shot to win the conference title game because they're still in it, but they had just been UAB, probably the biggest win in program history. And they ended up facing off against a pretty underrated North Texas team that was on a bit of a winning streak. And UTSA was a nine-point favorite looking for the undefeated regular season, and they got absolutely smacked. Run out of the building. Run out of they the building. Lost, they lost by 22. It really could have been 35. Yep. North Texas fumbled inside the red zone, and then UTSA ended up scoring a touchdown to make it closer. But you're going for an undefeated season. I believe the first one in program history. Oh, yeah. As a ranked team. Yeah. Maybe maybe going for a near six bowl, mm-hmm. and you get blown out by 22 points. That is not a good look. Not a good look at all. Not a good look at all. All right. So, uh, that pretty much recaps the weekend. It was certainly, we could, we could do a couple of shows on all the stuff there. Uh, how Lamar throws, yeah, uh, Lamar throws four interceptions, still wins, uh, means the Browns suck. It's because Cleveland decided we have Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hunt was very good in the first half. Mm-hmm. Let's just not use him for the entire second half, even though he's been crushing this team. I couldn't figure Very that good out. job with the rotation, Stefanski. Very good job. J.R. Black is in the house. J.R. Black, good day, fam. What up, fam? Um... So it's kind of a kind of a weak ass card tonight, Scott. I learned I, I figured that out trying to come up with plays, and you and I figured it out trying to come up with a fucking farm. Um, I did a hockey player prop today. That that's where we are in the card. I t- uh, uh, by the way, everybody uh, that bet my kids parlay. Oh, uh, again, apologies, but he uh, had a, he had a good weekend. He's he's got his ROI back up in the mid twenties. So I might give out some. Uh, I give out some hockey plays here later in the week. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, cool. Let's start with the NBA, buddy. Um, it's kind of a uh, kind of an interesting card, and we do have our. I bet the farm's going to be an NBA play, by the way. So, couple of couple of games uh, that I, I don't hate here, and uh, let me see. One of the was the Miami Denver game, and the problem there is you don't know, you don't know about Jokic. But I hate the way this Denver team's playing right now. Playing good defense, they just cannot score the basketball, Scott. Well, Michael Porter Jr. is officially ruled out for the rest of the year, so it's going to be a long year for Denver. Oh, is he out for the? Oh, I just. Oh, wow. That's that's a change as of today, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think he was supposed to come back anytime soon. Anyway, he hadn't been playing, but yeah, he's uh, he's done. 
Uh, Zach Vaughn wants to know. <laughs> Zach Vaughn wants to know what app do you use to live bet drives? Yeah, I don't have it available either, Zach. Scott, did you want to admit before everybody here what what app you use for that? What app you use? Uh, I use something called the local bookie down the corner. That's that's usually how that goes. But uh, I actually forgot to mention my bad beat that I had there uh, for the drive prop, which I do want to mention because it did involve the Alabama-Auburn game. I had Alabama field goal at plus 800. It's fourth and 11 at Auburn's 19-yard line. I win. They're down 10. Like, they're going to kick it. Great. Botch snap. They didn't even attempt the kick. The guy picked the ball up and spiked it into the dirt. It's technically ruled in a turnover on downs, incomplete pass. So plus 800 became lost money because they never technically attempted the field goal. Okay. How's that for an all-time bad beat? So you know that I normally have uh, less sympathy for you than (laughs) most people do just because I don't want to fucking hear about it because I don't have access to them. But even that's I have ridiculous. To, even Plus I have to admit that's that's a terrible, terrible beat. Um, Nathan says I don't want to put my trust in Fordo Composo. No, no, I don't. That's exactly what I'm trying to avoid. Um, uh, <laughs> Fasundo, Fasundo Composo. No, no desire at all. Um, I guess that's what you get when you draft a player that spends his entire senior year out because of a back injury. Um, Surprise, they have back problems. Well, uh, the poor was good. The issue is that they paid him a bunch of money knowing that he's had injury issues and he got injured again. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have an issue with them drafting him. I have an issue with them giving him a huge contract extension, not thinking of the possibility. You know, his back's been bad for pretty much his entire career. That might have, that might flare up again you think he like walked into the office and they said hey you want to sit down and sign your contract like i can't really sit it hurts my back i'll just stand up <laughs> he just said yeah I ra- i'd rather stand and he just walks out yeah you know yeah no kidding but what, what did he play three games in college mm, one game to start and then he might have gutted his way through two in the tournament there piece like i don't think he well, played i think you went i don't I think, think he, he played one and done in the tournament but you might he might have played in the SEC tournament. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think. I don't yeah. think I don't think he played. I don't think he played an entire 40 minutes of game time. In he might have played the same amount of times as James Wiseman. Let's put it that way. He really did not play that much. Well, you know, Embiid didn't play his senior year. He was out with back problems, and he gets to the NBA, and he's injured with everything else. His back seems Correct. to be all right, but of, everything of course, else. The talent is there, but you have to at least acknowledge as a Philly fan, as he has to get paid the max because he's that good. But if you're Denver and you know he's going to be the arguably the third best player in your team with Jamal Murray and with Jokic, yeah, would you pay him the max? I wouldn't. I didn't understand that. I, I thought I thought he'd been an average uh, NBA player who had shown some flashes. I didn't know that he. I don't. I don't think he. I, I think he was replaceable for less money. Put it that way. I would agree with you, but the argument might be that Denver doesn't exactly attract many free agents, so they thought that they needed to invest in the younger guy. But the injury history was there. Of course, in hindsight, it was obvious he was going to get hurt again, which we all think he's going to get hurt again because we always think Embiid's going to get hurt again for the same reason. Right. But yeah, Denver's probably regretting that decision that they made to pay him a bunch of money. You think? Since one of those years, at least, is just gone? Yeah, I would think they would be. Yeah. Uh, as far as my as far as this game goes, you want to lay you want to lay the seven against Denver? Uh, you know, I I was I was interested in taking. 
Denver team total under, but man, it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 98 or so. I don't know if I want to get involved with that. You know, I think I'm going to monitor this for a game time decision and see what Jokic does. I'll, I'll pound it if Jokic doesn't play. Yeah, well, of course, the last time these teams played, Jokic and Morris got into a scuffle, and that led to a whole brouhaha. But Denver's lost six in a row. This team's been terrible. There's really not much else to say. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's the, where the brothers got involved and in everything. Yes. Yeah, but you're looking at a situation where Denver has been getting killed. They mm-hmm. lost to Milwaukee by 11. That game got ugly. Lost to Portland by 19. Lost to Phoenix by 29. Shout out to Phoenix, by the way. That's a very good team. But... I'm going with Miami. Uh, you're looking at Denver winning the first game handily. I do think Miami should be pretty jacked up to get revenge. Denver's two and six on the road. Miami six and one at home. Those are straight up numbers. But the point is, is that Miami is a lot better at home than on the road, and Denver's a lot better at home than on the road. Yeah. So I'll fade the awful road team against a very solid home team. Give me Miami. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Even even if Jokic goes, I I would I probably I don't want to lay seven. But I'd be comfortable laying five there with Jokic. I wouldn't mind maybe a first half play if you think that Miami just jumps them at home, which I think is definitely possible. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about Denver is what they've been able to count on is their defense, and that's kind of let them down in their six game losing streak that they have. And if you want to play there, you can uh, the unders cash in five of those five of those six, so you can take a little overshot. I'm mean, trying to think of who you're throwing out there defensively. I know that they were playing well, but based on the lineup, you got Barton. Well, you got Morris, Barton, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, and technically Jokic, but maybe not Jokic. Right. How many elite defensive players do they have? I know that people think Aaron Gordon is a good defensive player. Fine. I'll concede that one. Are the other four guys good at defense? I never thought Jeff Green was a good defender. Will Barton might be okay. I think Monte Morris is an okay defensive player. Right. But if you have one go-to stopper with a bunch of average at best defenders around him with no rim protection at all, I'm not surprised your defense is going to struggle. Well, and you know, the other thing that they're kind of figuring out about Jokic with being the, you know, the point center there, uh, he's not a great, not a great rim protector. Doesn't do a lot of the, doesn't do a lot of the grunt work that the centers do. I mean, he's going to get you 35 a night and, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll scrape up 12, 13 boards, but you know, he's not, he's not a great center in the traditional sense. No, but the issue that you have with Miami for this game is the fact that they already announced Tyler Hero is going to be out. Jimmy Butler's questionable. So that's why I do think this total does seem a bit high to me anyway at 208. Right. Because Hero is coasting to a sixth man of the year award. He's been unbelievable. Butler we know is good as well. I'm taking the under because I do think Hero provides a massive punch off the bench that Miami's going to miss. Okay. And you've got you got him officially out? Uh, yes. Uh, yep, yep. I got that as well. Sorry. Yeah, one place had it updated and the other one did not. So... Yeah, uh, I don't want any part of the under with 207. Um, what else you got there? What else you like? You see anything else you, uh, you're digging? Well, some somebody was asking me about Philly against Orlando at around 14 or 15. It's a really tough game for me because Orlando is god-awful. We know that. They're a terrible basketball team. Philly just lost in double overtime to Minnesota. Minnesota's fine, but you got him beat back. He played a bunch of minutes. He looked very good. Philly's a team that tends to play with its food a little bit. And it seems like against awful opposition, it'll look really good for a half, then kind of zone out for the third quarter and then win the game by 10. Unfortunately, they're usually laying more than 10. But I got to like Philly here. I just don't like anything about this Orlando team. 
especially with Carter, especially with um, Cole Anthony out. This team just has no offensive talent at all. And with Embiid being guarded by the likes of Mo Bamba, who's questionable, by the way, or Wendell Carter, Embiid might walk into 35. Yeah, uh, Carter Williams is out for this one as well. Cole Anthony is out. Um, Anthony's the big one. Carter Williams isn't a good player, but at least he brings some defense that this team does not have. Right, right. Well, and it's it's a team that can't score at all, man. They just they just cannot cannot put the biscuit in the basket. They've had they've had four straight games in in in, in double digits, dude. That's uh, probably not going to get any better against a Philly team that plays a lot better defense with Embiid. And like you said, that's that's a problem there in the middle for uh, Mobamba for real. Uh, it's the I hate I hate Mondays theory. He says Rick Ruler, uh, take the under. There you go. I don't mind a team total under with Orlando if you want to take an under because with Embiid back and the fact that with Embiid you kind of have to play slower because he's not exactly able to run up and down the court as much as you want for a for a center in today's NBA. I do think the pace should be slower. Orlando can't shoot. They have no shot creators. What do they do? Nothing. You just take a bunch of bad shots. Yeah, that's it. David, the Italian said the Steelers need a new head coach and signal caller. Uh, I believe we... I believe we've been calling for that for <laughs> about what three years at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know that I'm a, I'm very anti Tomlin. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, but I think he's one of the most overrated coaches of all time. Time has passed. Uh, Joan said the Steelers are good good for the first four or five games and they fall apart. They're actually good for the first ten games last year, and then they they all they did yeah. a lot of that with the smoke and mirrors, and then they completely fell apart. Um, I can't fully roast Tomlin for the last couple of years, though, because Big Ben, we laughed so hard when they decided to bring him back. Oh, because yeah. Because he's clearly cooked. Yeah. It's not even a discussion. He's cooked. And yet he's still in the league, and somehow Cam Newton's still in the league. Shout out to that 5-for-19 performance yesterday. Pulled him. Uh, I pulled, believe we had that, too. Pulled him. Sorry. I mean, Just, dude, I, I, you have to, as a better, you have to be able to separate the sentimentality from the cold hard decisions you cannot we get it they used to be really really good <laughs> right it's fine it's all good that was a couple of years ago they're not any good anymore yeah that's what makes them so fadeable that you have to you 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 feel bad on, on a personal level that, that ben and cam don't have the skills that they once did but it doesn't stop me from fading them sorry i'm telling you right now both of the quarterbacks we just mentioned are worse than current joe flacco it's a fact <sighs> accept it and move on Wow, that's that's rough. That's rough, and I don't I don't disagree. Am I wrong? No, no, that's what I'm saying. Flacco with 300 yards and two touchdowns against the Dolphins about two weeks ago. Newton went five for 19. Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, but try to see Flacco run the run the sweep, huh? Huh? Uh, that would be a sight. That would definitely be a sight. It wouldn't be pretty. Flacco's not going to get you those six yards when you need ten. The bias of oh, we got Newton back. We're paying him fifteen million dollars. Can you just hand me the money instead? Because you're not going to get your money's worth. Fifteen million dollars. The guy can't throw the ball. I'd like to see you in some of those suits, some of the Cam Newton. Uh, I, I'm, I would love to wear one of those hats. Yeah, like a like a blue velvet hat or something. I think you would mm-hmm. look very sharp, my friend. It would definitely be a look. Hey, you want to lay you want to lay thirty with Kentucky tonight against Central Michigan? I'm tempted. I mean, I, I laid that much with Gonzaga, and Gonzaga buried the team. Central Michigan's been bad. You know, they they lost by They're ten. To, they lost by ten to my, Mizzou, and you go, "Well, man, maybe Central Michigan's better than we think." No, Mizzou's just way worse than we thought. They're not, they're not a good basketball team either. Um, Central Michigan. I sat through a game of theirs against Gonzaga. Of course, Gonzaga's going to kill most of these bottom feeders. But right. That Central Michigan team can't defend. They can't score. They can't rebound. 
Other than that, they're in good shape. They don't even play up tempo anymore. They switch quarter. They switched up coaches. They just have nothing. Uh, our our sister of the poor, the Delta Devils. Oh yeah, Mississippi Valley plays today. I'm actually pumping the brakes on them. 37. They were actually leading at the half against Ole Miss the other day. They were leading at the half. Good for them. That is that is scandalous. That is that is absolutely scandalous. You know a team that I like, Scott. We're gonna f- we'll find out a little bit about them tonight as they head the head on the road. They they kind of put it to us the other day. I'm still like I still like this Grand Canyon team. I still like this Antelope's team. They play really really good defense, and that's going to keep you in a lot of games. They play Loyola Marymount tonight, so you got the thir- you got the plus thirty seven in your pocket. I don't hate that. I I I'm uh, I'm with you. They haven't they haven't been an auto fade this season, man. And Vanderbilt got an early. With St. John's, and that was it. Vander, I mean Vanderbilt's a you know a, a good team. Is Vanderbilt thirty-seven and a half points better? Are they the best team in the SEC? Are they better than Kentucky? I think the issue is pace. The answer is no. I, I, Vanderbilt, I don't even think is top. Uh, they're not top four in my opinion in the yeah. SEC. Arkansas. Is I mean, Arkansas. just going through the actual teams there, you have Kentucky or Florida's one or, or one or two. Arkansas. Then you got some combination. Well, you got Auburn, Tennessee. I Al- think LSU is better than Vanderbilt. A- Alabama. Vanderbilt might be like the seventh, eight. Yeah, Alabama as well. Vanderbilt's probably like the, what, eighth best team in the SEC? Maybe. Basketball-wise, maybe. maybe. We'll see. I don't uh, know. Um, I just I just, I just, just don't know. This is a uh, – uh, they're, they're a team that, don't, that doesn't shoot particularly well. They shoot 42% from the field. They shoot 30% from deep. Um you know Mississippi Valley State. They they do what they do. They're uh, they're not a team that's going to get a ton of stops. Although they did a nice job against Ole Miss, Scott. Like you said, they were forty two point dogs there. They lose by fifteen and leading at halftime. So you got to figure you're good there. Um, yeah, I'll take the point. I think my move for that game might be hoping Vandy blows them out in the first half, and then maybe live bet in the second half. Yeah, yeah, that's not when bad. Vanderbilt completely empties out the bench. Agreed. J.C. Stone said, Grand, "Grand Canyon make you sweat every game. Not worth the trouble. I get that, I, and you run into that. It's like playing yeah. Virginia at their peak, because every well, game I want to ask you that such though, a grind. You just brought you just brought them up. That is one of the most underrated games on the card as a whole uh, today. You have Iowa taking on Virginia, and Virginia's minus two totals around one thirty. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to think of this game because I think Iowa's more talented." But money's coming on Virginia. It feels like a kind of game where uh, Iowa has a, the better athletes at every position, but you just expect a really crappy game plan, and Virginia wins a hideous game of basketball 58-45. to 45. Like, I, I, I don't know. Now, Iowa, of course, offensively, I'm being facetious. going to score more than 45 points. But I do think Bennett's a better coach than McCaffrey. I think Virginia's going to win the game, but I – it's mostly because of the line movement. I think I thought money would come in on Iowa, and it hasn't. Well, it's it's what do you like? You like the you like the uh, offense of Iowa against the defense of Virginia, or the other way around? Because that's exactly who's going to impo- who's going to impose their will. Um, For a spread I, this I want, low, I, I'm really I find it really hard to fade Virginia at home. I, I think it's a decent spot laying a small number, but I expect the game to be close throughout. I agree. Um, I like the under. See, I I don't. I'll, I'll go the other way. I think I okay. think I think Iowa gets the upper hand there. Is I think they're correlated though. Oh, I agree. Yes, I think Virginia Virginia could win an over, but Iowa's not going to win an under. How about that? I agree. 
Uh, Bill McDonald is Norfolk State over Grambling. And that's funny because I actually watched both of those games last night as Grambling played uh, Norfolk State, State and... Um, or uh, Grambling played Morgan State and uh, Norfolk State played Alcorn State, I think. And I really thought Grambling actually looked decent. Yes, and I thought I thought Norfolk State was going to look better, and they ended up covering, but they were behind almost the entire game. Um, my God, that the Alcorn State—they just cannot shoot at all. They were just clunking them from deep. Um, I originally, yeah, I liked Norfolk State there. I would switch that. I would probably go. I would probably lean Grambling at least based on what I saw last night. And obviously, that's the first time I've seen either one of those two teams play. I was thinking about making a play on this game, so I watched both of those games in full. And I was impressed by what I saw by that by that Grambling team. So, well, the thing about those bottom feeder teams is you look at their overall record, and they're usually like one in five. Right, they're usually awful. And then you look at who they've been playing. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you're playing a bunch of Power Five schools that are paying you to show up. So you're supposed to be get your ass kicked to start the year. And then once you're one in five, they'll win a bunch of games, and people go, "Why is this happening?" It's because you're playing Norfolk State instead of Texas Tech. Yep, exactly. Like, you know, context matters in that case. Exactly right. Uh, Legacy says, new player prop angle that has been very profitable, targeting rebounds. Parlay Kuzma over 7.5 rebounds with Wood over 10.5 rebounds. They face OKC and San Antonio, respectively. Both teams, they've given up 47, 47.4 uh, opponent rebounds per game. There you go. Kuzma rebounds I've been on for a while. Uh, he's been a very good rebounding power forward. I actually lost that prop against the... Pelicans the other day because they got blown out by like 30 but Kuzma's been very good on the boards all season long I don't hate that I like that that's that's see that's that's just the kind of stuff that I love to see in the comment section everybody like trading ideas trading hot streaks that you know because dude you can't pay attention to everything you just you just can't mm -hmm. there's there's this is the time of year where there is just so much noise and so much going on with college basketball and all the rest that yeah if anybody else has an angle that anybody has something that's working there's a good chance that you know we ain't on it so well, you mentioned uh, uh, Kuzma was mentioned. I don't mind actually looking at Yaka Pirtle if you want to go over nine and a half rebounds against the Wizards. Pirtle's been very good, and he's the main center that they have. He usually plays thirty plus minutes. I do think that number seems a bit low. Okay, um, I know we've got no Islanders on the uh, on the NHL card tonight. It's a it's a relatively short card. Uh, by the way, ST well, the Islanders were supposed to play yesterday, but they had COVID. Yeah. So. STM network the in the house, by the way. Uh, OKC team total under again. Before we before we get not off, not quite. Before we get off there, because that's that's going to segue us into our play. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it's not a good card. No, it's really not. Buff. Uh, we got to mention the football game. We we didn't talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah, we did. You um, uh, yeah, it's that boy. It's that time too. Let's do it. Yeah, we're uh. Man, we've had a nice leisurely pace here, and we we ran out of time. All right, so we've got tonight, Scott. You got the Washington football team. Are you a fan? Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of either of these teams, but I do like the current form of Washington more than the current form of Seattle. The Seahawks are a team that we both hate the rosters of every year, but Wilson and Carroll find a way usually. Then Wilson got injured. He rushed back. People thought it was a miraculous comeback. And then Wilson's been terrible because he came back too early. Yep. So I'm going to go with Washington. Yeah, that was going to be Washington at home. I'll let you finish. I was just, I was going to be my question to you. Did 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 Wilson come back too soon? But you you've answered that. You've answered that question. Yeah. I I think he you did. Can tell he, by how he's looked. He he can't throw the ball consistently. No, no. Less than fifty two percent completion uh, percentage. 
He's uh hasn't thrown he hasn't thrown a TD pass uh, since he's been back. He's thrown for about 310 yards the two games combined. He can't throw the ball down the field, and when you can't take advantage of Lockett, you can't take advantage of Metcalf. You're you're missing out on your on your offense, and now Carson's out for the year. I mean he's, you know he's done Chris Carson things and missed about half the starts anyway, but now he's officially done. So, uh, J C Stone says don't overlook Canadian football. God damn, I wish I I wish I had time because I love that game. I love to watch Canadian football. It's a blast. I've got. Well, I've, the thing about Seattle though is you're looking besides Carson, they're missing Homer. They're missing Penny. They have Collins and DJ Dallas. That's it. That's yeah. their entire backfield for this game. Yep. So yeah. if you can't throw the ball consistently because Wilson's finger is still messed up, you can't run the ball. And you know, who's been really good the last couple of weeks. Taylor Heineke yeah. has been really good. Yeah. And Seattle's defense just got torched by Colt McCoy. I think there's value in Washington. Yeah, and Seattle uh, traditionally not a team that really travels very well west to east. Uh, Bill McDonald said everybody's on Seattle in the under. It may go the opposite. Uh, I like Washington at home, but for sure, I'm I'm there. I'm on Washington as well. As far as the total goes, I just don't know how much you're going to get out of this Seattle team. You know, Washington defense isn't great, but I'm not sure how good you have to be to shut down this Seattle team right now. I like I like the under anyway, just yeah. out of principle, but I do think Washington is getting a little bit disrespected. David David the Italian, and I'm going to leave everybody on this one, says the Pats are hotter in hell right now, might make the Super Bowl. I agree with that. I think it's going to be Pats and Chiefs in the AFC yep. Championship game. All right. Let's do it, buddy. Let's uh let's get to it. You uh we've almost run out of time. We're running we're running late here, but uh it is time as uh, you and I have put our heads together and uh, we have examined this week card, and we've come up with our favorite play of the day. It's time to put on your straw hats, climb on that John Deere, fire that bad boy up. We're going to break the string right here, Scott. It is time to bet the damn farm. So for this one, we're going to be looking at the NBA and a matchup between the Rockets and the Thunder, and the total in this one is 216. And we think that is too low. We like the over 216 at minus 110 on DraftKings. A couple reasons why. First of all, Houston, number one in pace. This team has a lot of young players who have some talent, not really much, let's just say, uh, uh, consciousness when it comes to not taking terrible shots. But they like to go up tempo. So does Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City ranks 10th in the league in pace. Both teams defensively, not very good. Houston ranks 23rd in defense efficiency, while Oklahoma City ranks 15th. And each of Houston's last two games have been absolute track meets. Each of those games have had at least 231 points. Looking at the Rockets' last game against the Hornets, that game broke the 270s. A lot, a lot of pace. I think you'll see a lot of awful defense and decent shots here. Give me the over. All right, very good. And that is our uh, very, very uh, a solid bet the farm play for today. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Rockets Thunder over 216. And that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to check out uh, Chris King, 130 Eastern Time every day right here on the uh, WWSBN, the Winners and Winners Sports Betting Network, as he has his show Just Parlays, and he's been hotter than a $2 pistol, as George Jones would say. Been very good. i really employ you to check it out uh good guy and some really good info there and that's going to do it for our show today as always we thank you guys for joining us of course we do it each and every day make sure you stop by tell your friends tell your enemies what the hell we'll take them here uh you guys are the best good luck on all your plays today we'll see you tomorrow as scott and scott 
head back to the window. Take care, everybody.